I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a Miller Lite Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. He's moving his hands and feet. Um, and uh, again, appears to be you know, neurologically intact uh, to uh, both our exam and our neuro, neurology consultants' exams. Um, so it appears to be doing well. Um, he, is, he received one uh, defibrillation and one round of CPR uh, that was on the field. He did not receive a uh, second uh, defibrillation or additional CPR once he was in the ambulance um, or uh, at the hospital. That was the, uh, the the medical professionals who've been tending to Bill's safety, Demar Hamlin. Great news yeah. yesterday in the press conference took place at lunchtime yesterday. Um, among the quotes from the doctors in that press conference on Demar Hamlin: substantial improvement over the last twenty four hours, beginning to awaken, neurological function is intact. Great turning point in his ongoing care. He's breathe. The next big milestone is breathing on his own. He's still at least partially on a ventilator. Um, th- now, the questions the questions in this press conference, as we welcome you in, we're into the 7 o'clock hour here, Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. We'll get to the football ramifications in just a second on the whole scenario with DeMar Hamlin and the game on Monday and what it means to the standings. The big questions that I think people had once we knew that he's awake again and he's he's cognizant, you know, he's, he's, he's clear-minded, as clear-minded as you can be when you're sedated like this. Like his first first thing he asked when he came to was, "Did we win the game?" So he's there. There is you know there, there's some capacity there going on. The best outcome. The doctors were asked about this. What's the best outcome? The best outcome would be he is who he was before this happened. And the logical follow-up to that was, can he play football again? And the doctors, I think, rightfully probably said a little too early to have that conversation. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, it's a logical question. I think it always, yeah, I, I guess it's a logical question. It's um, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah that's People are curious they, if they say, I, I, you know, it's, it's, I just don't like pinning doctors down on that stuff because, like, doctors will try to be as responsible as possible, and it quickly turns into the doctor said he would never play again. Uh, but it's, I, I think there's if there's one thing about that that might have been surprising to some people was that, including myself, honestly, um, because of the way it had been described on the scene, was that he'd only received, he received one round of CPR and one defibrillation because CPR is like a, it is an aggressive action. Yes. Like it is, they're working, you know, and it's like when they're pumping the, doing the chest massage, it's like, it's anything but a massage really. And so I, I think to to see that is really really jarring and alarming, but it also, I mean, it. it we talked about this with Ravel a little bit yesterday. The stats on the survivability. If this was Commodio Cordis, you know, um, the stats on the survivability of that are not good at all. And even if you get CPR right away, they're still not that good. So the fact that he got it almost immediately, the key is within three minutes. Um, that was just, that was huge in this event. And I think right now, 
of what what I've read from doctors, you know, talking about the the complications or everything, like why it's you know, there's the cardiac event, but then there's everything that follows the cardiac event. There's a the loss of oxygen. There's all that stuff. But like what they said yesterday was the. Um, the lights are on and somebody is home. Somebody's home. It's yep. like because sometimes people will have their vital functions, but nobody's at home yet, and you can't quite tell. They know that he's able to respond, he's able to write and communicate. So um, that's a very, very good sign. The best, one of the funny. These doctors were good in the press conference. I thought they had the they had the perfect balance of appropriate information to share, caution, and humor. And it was funny. One of the reporters asked, like, so uh, when they found out that that Demar Hamlin was communicating via writing. They said, so um, so what is it? Is it a uh, like a, 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 a tablet device or a, um, uh, you know, like some sort of electronic device? They're like, oh, yeah, it's real sophisticated. It's a notepad and a pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Which so. actually is, I would imagine for, I mean, the, including myself. I was about to say kids, but myself as well. It's a lot harder for me to write than to type now yes. anymore. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I never had good handwriting, and by now it's just completely illegible. Mine's so, trash, yes. I, yeah. If I were Damar Hamlin right now and I were trying to communicate by writing, they'd probably be like, i, I got to tell you, it's not, uh, it's not looking good. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is, they just look at your handwriting and like, what is wrong with this guy? It's like he's, I, he thinks he's Turkish, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and he asked if they had won the game, Yep. and I'm sure he's got a ton of questions. I always wondered this, you know – which and it's been two years since COVID hit. I, I should probably have Googled this at some point, but I'm a little nervous about it. Um, I guess I just don't know why the no want to know the answer. Like when you wake up, when you wake up from a coma, and you've got a ventilator tube in, it's got to be uh, like the, your first response has got to be to rip it out. Yeah, right? yeah, like it's, yeah. It's, I know I've got a friend in the hospital having some issues right now, and that was her first. Um, that's what happened to her, you know, like they had to, they, so they had to monitor really closely, but that's a, like, that's a, that's an alarming thing to wake up and be in a hospital bed with a ventilator. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And like, I, I, like, I wonder, and DeMar, I mean, DeMar Hamlin will get a chance to answer all these questions at some point. I would think like, what's the last thing he remembers before he wakes up in that hospital bed? You know, does does he remember, does he remember hitting T Higgins? You know, what's the, what's the last thing he remembers? And the other thing. The other thing, and that may be a heavy thing to answer, I don't know, and it, the, which leads me into the other thing. We talked about this earlier. How much have they shared with him? They weren't specific about this in the press conference yesterday. Other than to say, like, yeah, he's really aware of all the love that he's getting from around the world and his teammates. And I, I, I am curious with how much specificity did they share what happened in the aftermath of him being taken off the field? Like, they... they they suspended a Monday night football game. The entire league, basically, 32 teams suspended their operations, at least their on-field operations, for a day on Tuesday. Yeah. Like, the league, the league stopped for two days, kind of. You know, yeah, for, that's going to be a big part. shock to them at some point. Yeah, 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 like that it was that big, that it was that, that big a deal. And I do wonder if they shared the specific amount of money that's been, that's been shared you know, it's been donated to his foundation. I thought they, they, I thought they said they informed him of it. Okay, but I don't know if they said the uh, the exact amount or not. Yeah, it's a lot of just a a lot of stuff to absorb out of nowhere. Yeah, um, especially yeah, if you it, you know sometimes that stuff, your memory and everything comes back slowly about a lot of things. Right. Um, but the big thing is too, I think the Bills players have you know said that they're ready to play this week. I think that Adam Schefter of all people put things in perspective for me when he yesterday was talking about the contingency plans and about how the league announced that they wouldn't play. They wouldn't try to replay the Bengals and Bills game. And Schefter just said that it, it just felt like it had bad mojo to it, that game. And I, and I think that's, that's exactly what it is. It's bad mojo. There's just not, there, there would be something about going back and trying to replay that game. that would feel really wrong and almost maybe, Maybe put the participants even more at more risk because they're, uh, they're either because they're holding back or just things are off. So I think it's it's the best for everybody and everybody seems to be on board because they, we've got experience with this from COVID where you just you just okay things are going to change. You gotta you, you gotta just get rid of this game or reschedule that game. Okay, whatever. Let's just roll. Yep, and that's what they're going to do. They're not going to play this game um, now. Schefter also in in that same interview that he did on, I think it was on Get Up yesterday, Get Up or First Take, one of the two, um, and uh, 
he also had two proposals. This is before the league had said, hey, we're going to sit down and figure out what to do. They're doing that today. The league is going to sit down and, and figure out contingencies for the postseason because, you know, for, for postseason purposes, these were two teams, Buffalo and Cincinnati, that were in the running to get the number one overall seed in the AFC. Now it looks like Kansas City's going to get it. Kansas City just has to take care of business on Saturday and they're going to be guaranteed the best winning percentage. And that's going to be what we go by now because that, that game, the Buffalo-Cincinnati game, is not going to happen. Schefter had two proposals for how to handle the postseason. One, I think, is what it's going to end up being. We'll get to that one in a second. The first one is one that I I think I'm in the minority on this, but I like this one right here. One of them comes compliments of our Matthew Hasselbeck, and I want to credit him who came up with this idea, and I'm going to read it to you because he texted it to me yesterday, and I know the league has thought about this one. He said, you call the Bengals-Bills a tie. The number one seed gets the choice of home field throughout the playoffs or the bye. The number two seed gets whatever isn't chosen. So either a bye or home field advantage. That would be one scenario that I believe the league has talked about. Okay, and that's I don't think that one's going to happen. Seth, you know why I like that one? Because I am into any sort of scenario in the postseason that involves strategy and having to think about Deciding your own fate. I am a I'm a card carrying, card carrying supporter of NFL teams drafting their playoff opponents. I like stuff like this. So I like I would love it if if the one seed by record had to make a decision on the buy or home field. And by the way, if you were the one seed, what would you pick? What's what's a bigger advantage? I, I, I actually thought about this. Like I would have to consult my my nerdery about this yep. because on the one hand, home field advantage hasn't seemed to be as big a deal as you would think it would be in the football playoffs. That's a dicey one to parse out, too, because there's a small sample size and all that. But um, on the other hand, I mean, how often has the how often has the sixth seed won in the NFL playoffs? A couple times. I mean, Tennessee. Yeah, but, but it's still relatively rare. But then you got to factor in, okay, chance of injury – if you play that game. Yeah. I think the chance of injury in that game might supersede whatever home field advantage you get. So I would just go ahead and take the uh, the definite buy. I would too. I think it's a no-brainer yeah. once you think about it. It's Which by definition means it wasn't a no-brainer. You had to think about it. But I think once, yeah. you, one, but once you parse it out like you just did, I, I think the other thing too is you take the buy and hope that there's some carnage. You know, like you said, the six, doesn't have to be the six seed. You know, if the four seed sneaks through or the five seed, yeah. like you... And, as long as it's not the two seed that sneaks through. Right. And the reason I said six seed instead of seven seed is there's just some more history of the six yeah, yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah, you know, Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so I, I, I mean, the seven seed's going to be less. Right. Take the bye and let everybody beat each other up. And maybe that, maybe that team that has home field throughout gets knocked out in that first game. Now, here is the one. Okay. Yeah. Just real quick, though, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was, let's see. I just, I know there was an article in 2018 that as of then, between 19, since 1990. And when the NFL expanded its playoff format, only two six seeds have gone on to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I found. Yep. Go ahead. No worries. Okay. Here's uh, here's Adam Schefter. Here's the second proposal, and it looks like it looks like the league is going to settle on some form of this. If there is an AFC Championship game in the end that involves teams that don't have the same amount of games played, where Monday night's non-result factors into who gets home field advantage. Here's what I think the league would do. I think the league would say, we're not going to have any home field advantage this year. We're going to play the conference championship game on a neutral site. And that appears to be the leader in the clubhouse right now, as far as playoff scenarios go. Let's play out week 18. The standings are what they are. And if we get to an AFC title game that involves Chiefs-Bills, Chiefs-Bengals, something like that, that there's an inequity in their regular season, that they'll pick a neutral site, which has led to several people texting in, hey, does this mean that we could see an AFC title game for the first time at NRG Stadium? So there's one thing I know about Houston in 2022. It can handle a big influx of people from other cities coming in to watch a football game. Hell yes. So I think that, yes, I think that Houston makes the most sense. 
I think Chiefs fans would tell you that, hey, yeah, it was cool. It was pretty effortless. They got a hell of a pregame show out there in Bud Light Plaza. Hopefully yep. those guys come back and get paid to do one of those too mm-hmm. um, for, for this neutral site game. Sure. Oh, yeah. Would you and I get to do a pregame for the AFC title game in Bud Light Plaza? I'm going to do one anyway. I'm just going to go <laughs> out YouTube? there with a megaphone and make fun of people from <laughs> make, – make fun of people. And I'll film you doing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be good buzz for the Andre Johnson bobblehead too, you know? Another game where people Andre, get to pose with the bottom. I'm going I'm to tell you what, honestly, the Andre Johnson bobblehead, the life size. Well, it's a life size. Oh. I mean, it's life height. <laughs> the head's a little the big. It's a little disproportionate. Andre, that was Seth who said that. <laughs> yeah, that was Seth who thinks your head might be the size of a wrecking ball. <laughs> it's life height. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah I, I could put my arm around it, and it's about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, so we had an Andre Johnson bobblehead. Life height next to our stage all year during the pregame show. And I got to tell you, I was impressed with how many opposing fans were very respectful of the Andre Johnson bobblehead. It might have been because I was glaring at them the entire time whenever I saw any of them approach. But uh, they really, for the most part, they just had their kids take pictures with it. And they, they might give it a gentle bobble. That was the coolest thing was that very few, like, violent bubbles. The biggest, the bobbles. Like, the biggest one might have been when I was doing a video and I wanted to be, get all that bobble action that I, I had to sway his head pretty far to one side. But for the most part, everybody, very few people even, like, used the bobble feature on the bobblehead. The least respectful was that local youth football team that had, like, ten kids climbing on it and jamming things up its nostrils and, like... Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was... Lucky for them. Yeah. <laughs> We've already established, I'm not afraid to push a stranger that's kid. Right, that's it, like, right. Like, I don't, you know... I don't care if you're a minor. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that lawsuit any it's, day of the week. It's the Andre. It's the Andre bobblehead, dude. Yeah. You know? Where's the venue? Harris County. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Seth's got Your Honor, um, if I may, the child that I pushed to the ground right. was accosting an Andre Johnson bobblehead. Yep. Yep. Case K- dismissed. Case dismissed. <laughs> That's right. Uh, text message. Trailer wheel and frame. Text page. Trailer wheel and frame. This goes back to my. Somewhat incredulousness that maybe some of our listeners don't know what a quartile is. Yeah. Um, three, two, one, nine. Sean, you don't even know what a tire pressure gauge looks like. That's true. Someone posted one on Twitter and they said, "Do you know what this is?" I'm like, "No, I don't know what that is." That's a fair. That is a fair retort. What do you do when? Okay, so you've put air in your tires, though, right? At of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you check? Do you use the little tire gauge? Or do you? Before they had these electronic ones, did you ever do the thing that where the the bar pops out? No. To show the gauge, what would no. you do? You just fill it up until it looks yeah, right. Fill it up. Yeah, yeah. Look, that looks a little low. <laughs> and then fill it up. Yeah. You yeah. know, you grew up in an icy area too. That's dangerous. Overinflated tires on icy roads, Sean. Yeah. Uh, it's you might have several of those. Several of those. Hit and runs that you had in your youth that might have resulted in somebody dying. Runs. Probably because you didn't want to learn how to use a tire gauge. I made it through to the other side, and now here I am. Here I driving, am. Driving home for winter break from South Bend, Indiana, without even you, knowing what a tire gauge is. Dude, no, yeah. You're, no, you know, now that you bring that up, I did have some incidents. Not, I didn't hit anybody, but I had incidents driving home from in cold weather from South Bend, Indiana, where I... I probably could have used a little more automotive savvy. Let me just put it that way. It's, well, yeah, you would have avoided having to become a trucker bride for a night yeah. if, you, if you could have just helped yourself instead of waiting. For I have a story that's not that far it. off. I mean, nothing yeah. happened like that, but uh, anyways. Uh, Brooks Cabina's in here. Let's get, we'll get Brooks in here. Uh, the Brookster. Yep, the Brookster. Uh, Brooks Cabina covers the Texans for the Houston Chronicle. What's his sense on this game? I mean, he interacts with a ton of Texan fans. Like, what If, if Brooks had to ballpark... What he thinks Texan fans are rooting for in this game this week, and to what degree. We'll talk about that with Brooks Cabina, The Chronicle, next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a Miller Lite Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. Good to be with you on a Football Friday, Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. And it is time now. It's week 18, end of the season. And in studio with us, Brooks Cabina, Houston Chronicle, covers the Texans for the Chronicle, of course, part of our team here at Sports Radio 610 as well. Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Happy New Year. It's good to see you. Um, so you interact with a lot of Texan fans sure. through your through your work in the Chronicle and social media and so forth. If you had to ballpark if you had to ballpark the percentage of Texan fans that are actually rooting for a Colts victory this weekend, what would you say it is? Well, in the interactions, it's hard to see if they're rooting for anything at this point more than apathetic. It's okay. like, okay, I'm in a position now where I have to root against the team to get the number one pick. I mean that's where it is. I yeah. mean, the the to to win the game ultimately doesn't help because then you're not getting the number one overall pick. So that's where most of it's at. Um, I mean, people have been through this before. I mean, they, we've seen the Texans pick number one overall three times, although the first time was a no two. But um, I mean, they're in another situation here. With, with, what does a win get you? And it's it's not Bryce Young or the number one overall pick. Yep. Yep. Dude, yeah, it feels like it's a, it's a moral dilemma, though. It's uh, I feel like there's a lot of old school. The most aggressive people that uh, either reach out to me and DM me or text us at the show uh, basically act like you're a yellow-bellied coward if you root for, for a loss. So I just yeah. kind of um, – I do the middle child thing, and I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I just uh, – you know, I just, of course I want to win. So, and, uh, so but the, I love you too, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so the question has to be reframed like, what rational fans? And then we start delving into what is rational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the existential in the morning. Yeah, so can... <laughs> yeah it's 7.27. I bet, yeah, you, you learn a lot about sports existentialism when you, when you follow the text. When you live here. last few yeah. years. What are what's your... it all? What's it all matter anyway? That's, <laughs> right. Nothing what, what, drives ticket sales like people questioning the meaning of life. Oh right, yeah. right for sure. Welcome um, to the rebuild. What are your? Okay, so they're guaranteed the Texans one of the top two picks that we know. Yeah. Um, Bryce Young seems to be everybody's darling in this draft scenario for mm-hmm. now. You know, there's a lot, lot left to be played out, and he's not perfect. You know, the size is an issue. Um, what are your feelings on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and this being potentially a two quarterback draft? Well, I think it's possible, and so the Bears starting Nathan Peterman against the Vikings. Yeah. That's thanks for nothing. That's projecting a loss, yeah. and you know the competitive advantage of them being able to be prepared for Peterman all week um, really sure. brought the Vikings in on that. <laughs> yes. So they <laughs> thanks, they now. Um, I mean, the Colts. You know they're they're in a position too where the Texans could win this game if they really put all their output out. This was a team that oh, yeah. tied them in the beginning. I mean, if they tie again, the Texans get the number one overall pick too. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a situation where, I mean, the Texans need a quarterback. You look at the offense, I mean, you think about even with, if they go with a defensive-minded coach, everything about this team, I was just going through the statistics again, like, this team produced less passing yards per game, less points per game, less yards per drive, lost pretty much everything from last year. And a lot of that starts with how the quarterback played, and a lot of the disappointments around this team was with the offense. Yeah. I mean, the defense has played bad in spots, but it's done um, better in a lot of ways statistically from last year, even though it's still not good. Uh, but those are the situations. I, I like Bryce Young as a number one because you look at all the games, and every time I've watched him, whenever he's under pressure, he looks in control. Yes, He makes the throws. He's on time. He's delivering passes under pressure. And he, and he, he does well in those situations. C.J. Stroud does well, but there are times when you see him sit, get skittish. I mean, he's still a very high-profile quarterback, um, but if the Texans were saying number two um, and Bryce Young's gone, say the Bears get and they trade it off to the Seahawks, the Colts, whoever, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be opposed to seeing that. But I did some data-driven um, earlier in this week, and it's interesting, whenever teams pick the quarterback first, uh, the head coach actually lasts longer than if they pick second, and it's by an average of two seasons. So wow. it's like oh, wow. almost almost whenever they go number two overall, it it doesn't really work out for the head coach tenure 
that is there to, to, okay. to do it. So okay. I, it's only happened ten times, but you're, you're, ten times, ten you times for number t- okay. number two since the Super Bowl era. Brooks, if we're talking to prospective football coaches and trying to, it wouldn't be them, a big enough, you know, through the shed. No, we're talking about football coaches, dude. Uh-huh. Three is a big enough sample size. <laughs> I, Brooks, Brooks, Brooks. I once had to talk to a defensive coordinator about this. His name, his name was Richard Smith. Uh-huh. He said, <laughs> Your he said, look. When they're in this formation and this down in distance, they run the ball 75% of the time. I'm like, I'm, co- I'm like, coach, they've been in that situation four times all season. <laughs> yeah. That means that, like, it's enough. They, if they do two more times and it's passed, it's going to be complete. It's 75%. Right. So um, just convincing a, a coach that there's stats involved is enough, okay? Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you convince a future head coach that, hey, listen, Sean Payton, you're probably going to you, – you got a two-game leeway here when you come in here because you got the number one overall pick. Yeah, in the right. upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That was Richard there, yeah. Smith describing that play formation right there. But here's yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's here's the list of number two overall quarterbacks since the Super Bowl. Ooh, yeah. okay, let's so do Marcus this. Mariota, <laughs> uh, Ryan Leaf, Mitchell Trubisky. Wow, um, Robert Griffin the third. Okay, Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. Guys are awesome, dude. Donovan McNabb. McNabb is the exception. Yep. yep. Archie Manning. Speaking oh. of, oh, oh wow. Speaking so of Super Eli Bowl Manning era, right? off the, you know, yeah. off the break there. Yep. We're going um, back a ways there for now. Okay. That's, Burt yeah. Jones and Rick Myrer. So those are the tents in, in the Super Bowl era. So, you know, you can kind of read from that list, like, okay, okay, the head coach tenure and the GM tenure doesn't last very long after most. of No, those. it did not. Yeah. So I don't know. if I mean, again. Like, this is a totally different scenario. We're just delving into draft and analytics Yeah, but dude, here. when you apply names to it, it's pretty it's startling not, right yeah, there. It's not great. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Wow. It um, is. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and also, I mean, there's so many. There's different, you're, you're correct, though, in saying that there's so many different ways you can parse it out and find the various quarterbacks in different drafts, obviously, that, um, you know, if, if, if that did work out obviously yeah. they were the second or the third overall picks or excuse me the second or third quarterbacks taken um i guess the the part that i'm curious about is just how much it matters to whichever coach that comes in like if Sean Payton comes in you know is he's he's probably gonna have a different feel about it than if somebody from the college ranks comes in uh you know, Cliff Kingsbury is the first one that springs to mind sure but yeah like I don't know if Sean Payton would have drafted Kyler Murray well you know you've got sample sizes like with Mariota it was Ken Wisenhunt right and then yeah. Mike Shanahan with RG3 I think the part of this um and you can even like list John Fox in there with Mitch Trubisky in terms of where the Texans are, and if you're number two overall and you feel like you need a quarterback and there's urgency, sometimes you can be forced into making the decision, okay, we need the quarterback, let's make it happen. And then none of these worked out, No, really. So, I mean, RG3 got hurt in the first rookie year. They made the playoffs. But, like, over long terms of time, it actually, you look at number two picks by regime, head coaches, GMs, it's 10% higher in a win percentage together if they go non-QB at mm. number two overall Interesting. since the Super Bowl era. So if you're sitting there like, all right, how if they feel good about C.J. Stroud, let's just say Bryce Young's done, and they feel good and they would have picked him at number one overall too, good. If they don't, statistically and like analytically, it's probably better for you to go and go for someone else. Have Jalen Carter move back, this whatever. Is, yeah. That's why that number one overall pick is such a screwy scenario and why it's actually harder to trade it than it would seem because everybody's expectations, everybody gets irrational about it. It's like the stuff you would, it's the stuff you say at 1 a.m. at the bar. It's, uh, you, you, you got, you've got far too much attention attracted on, on one specific goal and mm-hmm. uh, people do stupid stuff because of it. I, like if you go, so the, the number one overall pick, be, be, people put so much they attach so much importance to it that they're willing to, you know, keep throwing money after a bad problem and sure. still try to make a guy work, even if it looks like it's not going to work out. If you go to like second quarterback taken, you know, that's a that's a whole different scenario because then you have Pat Mahomes, then you have uh, well, gosh, then it was bad for a while <laughs> before that. <laughs> I think. You got, you see, got, I didn't. Uh, I, this is the number two overall quarterback too, so it's yeah. like okay, there were a lot of good three, four, five sure, quarterbacks, sure. too. So a lot of this also does have to do with draft analysis. And it's it's pretty obvious, but it's like, 
okay, you are picking number two quarterback. There's number one every, everyone else. Yep. Yeah, yeah but, but if you do the second quarterback taken, regardless of draft position, it's not too much prettier. Like, it will go, okay, Tua, we'll see. Daniel Jones, we'll see. But then it's, it's Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. It's Pat Mahomes. That was the good one. But then I started looking at Carson Wentz and Marcus Mariota and Johnny Manziel yeah. and Geno mm-hmm. Smith. Hey, it's taken 10 years, but there he is. Uh, Robert Griffin III, Jake Locker. Tim Tebow, my God, Mark Sanchez, Joe stuff. Flacco, yeah. Brady Quinn, Matt Liner. Oh, my. All right, that's it. Okay, names. yeah. CJ Stroud can uh, – I don't know. I don't, I don't want this. It's in great company there. We can sum yeah. this all up thusly. It's a crapshoot. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, sure. It's, it, it's a crapshoot. Um, Brooks Cabina in studio with us. Before we get you out of here, the other big storyline with the Texans, obviously the big one with respect to this game is draft positioning. Um, Lovey Smith. There's nothing with the outcome of this game that should determine Lovey Smith's fate, right? And in, in no. theory, that should be decided already, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think there's really much in this last game that would help decide his future. I mean, there's a 16-game body work that you can look at with Lovey Smith and his staff, and a lot of it on the offensive side. I mean, him and Pep Hamilton came up together. The Davis Mills situation didn't work out. The defense has um, largely been bad. I mean, last week against the Jaguars showed that a lot of the issues that were at the front end of the season can be consistent and aren't just isolated. Um, I mean, there are there are, there's enough there to glean um, over the over over the next week. I mean, I remember we talked about this last week, though. I do think the Texans are a team that sit down and think about everything. Casario did that last year. Took four days to decide what they were going to do with David Culley. Oh yeah, um, but and I think that decision too was like, okay, you're in a. This is the first firing and you know what's ahead of you I think this one there was definitely urgency to win at least from the organizational level and uh, they didn't and you I mean I asked Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton too and they were pretty self-accountable this week they, they were simply we didn't live up to expectations yep we underachieved so they yeah. know that firings follow failed expectations yep Brooks Cabina Houston Chronicle get him on Twitter at B Cabina K-U-B-E-N-A and uh, safe travels to Indianapolis, my friend. Appreciate it, guys. All right, good stuff. Brooks Cabini, you can get him. Chronicle, and of course, he's uh, part of our squad here at Sports Radio 610 throughout the season. Great job throughout the season, Brooks. And we'll talk to you on uh, Sunday uh, on uh, Texans Countdown. Sounds good. Presented by Medello. There you go. All right, um, up next, we'll do headlines. The latest on uh, DeMar Hamlin. The latest on how the league is going to handle the postseason. Uh, With respect to the standings, because of the postponement of the Monday game, we'll hear from Andre Johnson. Carlos Correa in talks reportedly with at least one other team as he tries to hash things out with the Mets. Those are all in headlines, and we will do it next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's a Miller Lite football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, it is uh, it's 7.45 on the nose, so let's just uh, let's get straight to headlines here and get in some of the stories of the day. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines, brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, the big story in the NFL today is DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin yesterday, some great news medically for the Buffalo Bills safety, who, of course, was taken from the field on Monday Night Football. Nine minutes into the game, suffered cardiac arrest. He's been in a Cincinnati medical facility all week long, and yesterday was a landmark day because he opened his eyes, he was responsive, moved his hands and his feet. He was able to communicate via writing with some folks. Substantial improvement over the last couple days, and things are really trending in the right direction for DeMar Hamlin. We'll get into what the league is going to do in the aftermath of that postponed game in just a second. Um, but here was DeMar Hamlin's medical team uh, talking about the status, the current status, as of yesterday at lunchtime of the Bills' safety. Um, he was able to communicate uh, in writing, um, and he is uh, unable to speak with us yet as he uh, still has a breathing tube in, and we are still assisting him with uh, ventilation. Uh, so the um, you know when he was communicating with us uh, last night and then again today, that's been in writing. And uh, you know to paraphrase uh, one of our partners, you know when when he asked, "Did we win?" The answer is. Yes, you know, Damari, you won. You've won the game of life. Uh, and that's probably the most important thing out of this, and we really need to keep him at the center uh, of everything else that's going on. Yeah. And we really want to ensure a good outcome for him. That's been one of the big bullet points this morning on SportsCenter is what his – the first thing he asked when he came to was, did we did we win the game? Which, as Clint Sterner pointed out on their show yesterday when I was listening, well, there you go. There's your title for the 30 for 30 on the DeMar Hamlin situation a couple years from now. Did we win the game? Boom. Written for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. That's, um, oh, that's a, yeah, no kidding. That is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and some of the other questions, like uh, somebody uh, basically um, earlier you had said that somebody in the press asked the doctors whether DeMar Hamlin would be able to play football again. And and I kind of questioned, like, I don't know, it feels like a little, a little like inappropriate. Um, one of our listeners pointed out that DeMar Hamlin himself probably asked that same question. Sure. So, it's, I mean, it's a very natural question, and um, that gives, gives you a pretty good indicator of exactly where somebody is if they felt confident with that. I think that, I, I mean, so many – CPR itself can be quite the ordeal – you know, it's it's a pretty v- aggressive action that they take on yes. you. Sometimes people's ribs or sternums are broken, or they you know they end up with lung damage. So right now, it seems like they're just trying to get him get him breathing on his own, and then they'll be able to figure out over as time goes by if there was if there was any neurological damage or anything. But at the very least, he's he's alert and understands apparently, obviously, who he is and all that. So that's a very good sign. Very good sign. Yeah, they they talked about. This, this was the exact quote about the neurological part of it, because I put myself in the shoes of DeMar Hamlin's parents, and and obviously without the knowledge of that they have from being in the medical facility and in the room with him and whatnot, but just in general, my that would, as a parent, that would be my first thing. One, is he going to live, obviously, but if he does live, is he going to live a normal life? Did, 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 did enough oxygen get to the brain while CPR, while he was, you know, while he didn't have a pulse? Did enough oxygen get to the brain, or is there going to be neurological damage? The exact quote from the press conference yesterday, and this again is at about 12.30 yesterday afternoon, was DeMar Hamlin is beginning to awaken and neurological function is intact. And so we we know that, that that's the direct quote from the doctors. We do know just as far as what movements and he's been able to do and whatnot. In fact, let's hear from the doctors. Hamlin was able to move his hands and feet. He's moving his hands and feet. Um, and uh, again, appears to be you know, neurologically intact uh, to uh, both our exam and our neuro- neurology consultants exams. Um, so it appears to be doing well. Um, he, is, he received one uh, defibrillation and one round of CPR uh, that was on the field. He did not receive a uh, second uh, defibrillation or additional CPR once he was in the ambulance. Um, or uh, at the hospital. Yeah, apparently there were some bogus reports about that. Um, and, you know, like it, as it is these days, there's bogus, bogus tweets from doctors and videos from doctors all the time. And um, so these these are the uh, they did one round um, on the field 
Which that that jives with what people had told us about. Hey, you got to stabilize the guy before you get him in the ambulance at all. But I would think that's that's got to be another good sign that they only had to do one round um, when it comes to potential lack of oxygen or any issues like that. Yep. So Hamlin is moving in the right direction. So now the league the league it deals with the aftermath of this when it comes to the standings and the integrity of the standings. With the backdrop being they are not going to play this game. The Bills and the Bengals are not going to make up this game. The game is a no contest. Um, as Seth, you pointed out, Adam Schefter had a really good point on this. If you're wondering, well, why can't they replay it? You've got the week between the Super Bowl. You got a little cushion you can use. Um, it, it's just <laughs> the game has a bad vibe around it. it felt like a, weird. A guy might have yeah. died on the field. You know? Yeah, it was just. Uh, it, it almost feels like revisiting. Like I don't know the scene of an accident or something, and trying to trying to have a great trying to have a picnic at the scene of an accident. Um, it would just it would, it just would feel really weird. Uh, Chef to use the term bad mojo. Yeah, and and likewise, I think when you try too hard to do that, and then have guys potentially playing, you know, on a on a decreased rest period or something, then you open the door up for all kinds of other issues. So I, it just makes the most sense. And everybody, the league is kind of ready for this because of two years ago when they, they had to be ready to switch plans at the drop of a hat because of COVID. Yeah. I, think that, I think that the teams are pretty cool with everything. The, you know, it's funny. Well, I'll get to the scenario of what happens if these teams, if any permutation of these teams make it to the AFC title game because the schedule is going to be a little lopsided, or the standings, I should say, are going to be a little lopsided now. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals are the three teams that are still in the mix to be the number one overall seed. The Chiefs will have played one more game than both of these teams, so there's going to need to be a determination made. I'll get to that in a second, but as long as we're bringing up the mojo of these two teams being on the field, look, the Bengals are going to win the NFC, or I'm sorry, the AFC North now because the they you know they they're not going to they're going to stay at least a half game ahead of the Ravens in the standings, even if they lose to the Ravens this weekend. And the, the Bills are going to win. They've already won the AFC East. Those two teams are going to face each other next year. Again, I don't yeah. know where the game's going to be, but they, you, know, they, you do face the, same, the team that's the same spot as you in the standings in each of those divisions. You're guaranteed to face them next year. I'm only pointing that out because that'll be one of the, the games that people are going to circle on the schedule next season. You know, um, it's cool with DeMar Hamlin because he's, uh, he's one of these guys that's a scrappy underdog story, late round draft pick, all that. Um, but uh, there was an article by Tyler Dunn, who's a writer up in Buffalo, who has his own, uh, you know, paywalled website, newsletter, Patreon or whatever. And, um, and I, I was going to forward the article yesterday, but I don't, it's behind a paywall. Um, but it's, it's cool because he wrote it a year ago mm. about just what an awesome guy Demar Hamlin and is how he's like exactly the right kind of guy that the Bills need and everything. So there's none of there's none of that where you sometimes wonder like okay are they all right this article is written and they're saying really nice things about this guy like no this is this is a year ago and before he even made the team in Buffalo it's really cool um, to see just to, like how genuine the the support and the admiration is for this kid that says a lot you know that it was back then no no doubt about that um, so here's Here's the proposal for what would happen in the postseason. They're going to play out Week 18, um, and then at the end of the at the end of Week 18, you're going to have an AFC standings where the Chiefs will have played one more game than both the Bills and the Bengals. So here here's what's being proposed: the Chiefs, if if you have a 14 and three Chiefs versus a 13 and three Bills, the AFC title game in the AFC title game, it'll be played on a neutral site. If you have a 13 and four Chiefs versus a 12 and four Bills. It'll be played on a neutral site. If you have the thirteen and four Chiefs, Chiefs lose this weekend versus a twelve and four Bengals, it'll be played on a neutral site. So that's that's really what it boils down to. If it, bottom line is, if you get Chiefs, Chiefs Bills versus, or if you get Chiefs versus Bills or Chiefs versus Bengals, chances are the AFC title game is going to be played in a neutral site somewhere. Who knows where that is? But that's what's going to be kicked around today, and that appears to be the favorite right now for their solution to all this. Yeah. So, so um, that'll be uh, doesn't really impact us here in Houston <laughs> unless we host the game. Well, unless yeah, if we host the game, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, the the Bills, the environment for a Bills game versus the Patriots this weekend is going to be pretty intense. Yes. I mean, it always is. Where that's, is that um, game? That's in Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's the Patriots who have still have a chance at the playoffs versus yep. Buffalo, but Buffalo. Yeah, I mean. Um, 
So, yeah, that's going to be a pretty intense environment, yes. I would imagine. Yes. Especially because DeMar Hamlin's father basically gave the the go ahead to the team to just you know we'll like, play. Uh, not that you know not that they officially needed that or anything but I think the fact that Demar Hamlin is looks to be improving and doing well and uh, and and his father you know had some good words for the team that feels all like uh, Belichick you know the the master touchy feely motivator and everything right he's, right uh, feels like he's walking into a buzzsaw there dude. The first thing the guy said when he came out of the coma was, "Did we win the game?" I think he's cool with week eighteen going on. It's oh playing. yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what his father had said. Like yeah. this is what he would have wanted, right, you know, right. for you to get going. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, and that's that was my sentiment when people were talking about pushing the season back or, and all of those other things. I think that's most people, right? Like you feel like, man, I, I gotta tell you honestly. One of the coolest things in the world is if, like, somebody does a pep talk on your behalf when you're injured. Like, uh, that's a pretty cool deal. Again, in Demar Hamlin, um, like, that's it's one of the coolest things you can do for somebody that's that's in that state is to to do something great for them, yep. even if you don't win, but just to go out and have a great effort for them. And uh, yeah, I would I would imagine that's exactly what Demar Hamlin wants. Text message, and I, I should have brought this up. Text message to the trailer wheel and frame text page. Eight six nine one. Um, the ba- the bill. You mentioned the Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals scenarios being on a neutral field. The Bills and the Bengals can still match up in the playoffs, and they can. Again, the neutral site thing is only if it involves two teams that have played a different number of games. If it's yeah. the Bills and the Bengals in the AFC title game, it'll be determined by whatever the tiebreakers are for two teams that have played the same number of games. Well, don't get too frustrated, Sean. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. No, no, I'm not frustrated with this. Okay. I was frustrated with myself sounded, for not bringing it up. It sounded like you thought it was a stupid question. No, 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 no. I, no, no, I, think, it's, I think it's silly people don't know what quartiles are. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's a fair question. Look, though. there are 17 scenarios. It's... Pretty simple and easy to understand, dude, okay? Dude. Not to spell this out. Just because you're driving in traffic, you don't understand it? There's there's <laughs> a scenario that involves if the Bengals lose this weekend to the Ravens, they'll still be a half game ahead of the Ravens. And if they meet in the AFC title game, home field would be determined with a coin toss. <laughs> oh, really? Because oh, the, okay. the Bengals would be a half game ahead of the Ravens in the AFC North, but the yeah. Ravens went 2-0 and against them this year. Will, will, oh. have, will have gone 2-0 and if they beat them this weekend. So your coin toss may come to fruition, Seth. Oh, boy. Most important uh, coin toss. So the Bengals and the Ravens rival. All those AFC North rivalries are pretty intense. The the Steelers versus Ravens is the most intense, but um, that's the one where I could see the – that's the one where I could see the the boundaries of good taste being tested the most. I could could see a certain portion of the Ravens fan base uh, like (laughs) acting like this. I mean, uh, I – I mean, how much, how much are we going to bend for this guy? Yeah. I do. Okay. Okay. I wondered this this morning. Yeah. I do wonder this. Maybe I should text Show because he's in touch with people from Kansas City. Look, if Kansas City wins this weekend against Las Vegas, they're 14 and 3. The Bills, if they are 13 and 3, you know, they were losing early on in that Bengals game. You know, that game never played out. I do wonder how Kansas City people feel having if they were to finish 14 and 3. Yeah. about having to play the AFC title game on a neutral field when there was probably a 50-50 chance that they were going to get home field advantage. I mean, the you know, the, there was a decent chance the Bills would have lost that game to the Bengals and finished 13 and 4 on the year instead of yeah. 14 and 3. Especially, I mean, the the Bills, it just to talk about the pure football side of things. I mean, they just haven't been right, or at least Josh Allen hasn't really been right since he's had his elbow issues. Yep. So, I the the Bills are it's funny. I mean, in some respects, you could say the Bills have a little bit of Minnesota Vikings to them in the, since that injury, where it's not like they're authoritatively dominating teams or anything, but they're a scrappy bunch that's winning close games. But that, and, and Josh Allen, though, is having to do a lot of it with his legs. I mean, that's where it departs from the, the, bank, uh, the Vikings, obviously. Um, but I just don't – I don't have the same feeling about the Bills right now as I did earlier in the season. Yeah. Um Six four eight eight six four six eight. I think on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Um, the pathetic thing about this near death injury is all the bitching from fantasy football people. Oh God, I dude, I'm on a group text right now with Lopez, Lopez's sons Landry and Cody Stutes, and apparently 
I'm guessing this will come up in the toss. Apparently Landry and Cody Stutes are playing each other in the championship of a fantasy league this week. And one of them has, I got there's so many texts on here. One of them has, one of them has Jamar Chase. And so they're trying to, and Landry's the commissioner of the league. So Lopez has injected himself into this, saying Landry needs to recuse himself when it comes to determining a solution. And and Lopez goes on to say, I'm assembling a blue ribbon panel of all the Lopez's and Sean Pendergast to determine what the outcome, like what the determination should be of this championship game. That's That doesn't qualify as bitching from fantasy football people, Texter. It's more just a fun aside. It's not like Landry and Lopez, and, and I talked to Cody a fair amount. It's not like... Tuesday morning, the first thing they were thinking of was their fantasy league. But that that is a that is a wrinkle in all this right now for a lot of. By people. the way, the uh, in the Bills, number two in DVOA in offense. Okay. And um, and uh, number uh, number four in DVOA in defense. Uh, I, they're they're it's still a little good bit of a football. stretch to say they were Vikings level. But they've just they've been playing close games, yeah. You know, like they've been they've been screaming, well, and, and and Josh Allen has been throwing interceptions. That's it. Really, really yes. weird interceptions. Yes. That's I, same with Dak Prescott. Like Dak, Dak has had some some bad luck, but both those quarterbacks right now, you look at some of their interceptions, and you're like, what what the hell are you doing? Like, yep. how did you how did you not see that guy? How did you throw the ball that way? And I think that's what's making Cowboys and Bills fans the most nervous is just the kind of the erratic unpredictability of the quarterback mistakes. Yeah, they, that's the big thing. The, you, you nailed it. The Josh Allen interceptions are the big thing. By the way, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2, an Odyssey station. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 